Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1107. A winner never quits and a quitter never wins. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from across the pond in London, Julia Taylor Stanley. Hey, Julia, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am indeed. All right. Here we go. Julia Taylor Stanley has a demonstrable track record in feature film financing, production, and distribution. And she's one of the most well-respected film producers in the UK. Her most recent film, Ferrari, Race to Immortality, is a groundbreaking motor racing documentary. It won the prestigious Focal Award for the best use of footage in a sports production. Julie began her career as a songwriter and record producer, working with famous artists including Meatloaf, Roger Daltrey, and Diana Ross. She's also written a novel, Mystica. But Ferrari, Race to Immortality, is about racing in the 1950s and the dawn of the iconic Scuderia Ferrari in the Formula One Championship, which was the deadliest decade in motorising history. The film tells the story of loves and losses, triumphs and tragedies of Ferrari's most decorated driver. It is a fabulous film for automotive enthusiasts. So, Julie, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your filmmaking career and a passion for old automobiles? Yeah, well, uh, you know, well, so career-wise, I mean, I started as a songwriter and became a record producer, and then uh, I kind of decided I wanted to branch out, so I wrote the novel, started writing screenplays, and that's how I got into film. Um, I had a script optioned by the legendary Bob Chartoff, who produced Rocky and The Right Stuff, and that was about musicians in Chicago, and then I just went on from project to project. Um, my father was passionate about racing. And when I was a little girl, I remember him showing me pictures of Peter and, uh, Collins and Mike Hawthorne. And I thought how glamorous they were. And obviously I was told about their demise. And then some years later, I was approached, um, to do a film about, uh, my computer. So I ended up optioning a, a brilliant book called Monomy Mate by Chris Nixon. And from there we were, we started out that we were going to make a feature. And then uh, we ended up deciding to do the documentary first, and that's what we've now made. So we've made Ferrari, Race to Immortality. And prior to that, I had done two Shakespearean films. I did The Tempest with Julie Taymor and Coriolanus with Ray Fiennes. So for me, going into the world that I'd kind of known with my dad was uh, much more exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to cars and speed and glamorous men was a lot more exciting in many ways, although I I, I loved making the other films. But this film was... You know, it was kind of a passion, and and because of the era and everything, it just was a joy from start to finish. It was just a fantastic project to work on. Well, I'll tell you, as a car fanatic, when I saw this, and I've watched it several times now, and I'm going to go back and watch it some more, it was so much fun for me because I love old cars and the history, and of course, those daring young men and their flying machines, if you will. I mean, just incredible time in racing. So dangerous, but you're right, glamorous. And so fantastic. So we're going to learn a lot more about you in this film as we move through your story, your journey. But first, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's important to you. It's a nice way to get the 
inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Julia, take the wheel. Okay, I have one phrase that kind of sums me up. <laughs> and it's basically, it's basically this. A winner never quits and a quitter never wins. Mm, yes, yeah. If you're passionate about something and you really want to do something and you want to make it, and this has been a long, long journey for me with this film, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Don't take no for an answer. Keep going, you know, because where one door closes, another one's going to open down the line. And if you care about something passionately, keep going. Don't give up. You know, what's wonderful about this is I've had 200, maybe 300 racers on the show now, and every single one of them has the quote, never give up. And so I love the fact that your mantra, your inspirational quote ties in with the racing world, because in racing, yes, you cannot ever give up. You could be in third place, the whole race, and that last lap, those two guys in front of you, run into yeah. each other, and you're a winner. So you don't give up until you cross that line. But in filmmaking, we're going to talk a little bit about the difficulties of filmmaking as we go through here, and especially this film, because you've got so many different aspects of history and the use of mo- not modern cars, but cars now that were famous back then. I mean, there's some magic that you guys do here in the film world, but you made it all flow th- through th- so seamlessly. But I'm sure there was a lot of times mm-hmm in the production of this that you kind of wanted to go, oh, man, what am I doing? Am I wrong? You know, with documentary, archive is incredibly important. That's why it was amazing for us to win the the big award, because when you start the process, you just don't know what you're going to find. Mm -hmm. And we had an amazing editor and a fantastic archive researcher who found some personal footage of a driver called Taff. Von Trips, mm. um, which was sitting in a castle in Cologne, and he was a kind of a really consummate and passionate home movie maker. And so he had taken this probably Super 8 camera or Bolites, whatever he had, and gone out and shot all of them a play. So we knew where a lot of the archive of the races, you know, w- w- was going to be, but we didn't know how much personal footage we were going to find. And finding those cans of film buried away that had never been seen before was like the most amazing gold. It was like being a gold miner and finding a gold mine. And it gave us the most beautiful backdrop to the glamour of the period, who the drivers really were at play. You see a lot of them at play. And it was just absolutely fantastic. So I never had a moment when I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? At the very beginning, the first week, we were thinking, God, where are we going to find all this footage from? And then as if by magic, just it was like pearls dropping into your lap literally every few <laughs> days. Somebody would come up with something, you know, the the, the Bewley Motoring Museum and uh, some of the amazing um, archivists that we had, a, a brilliant guy called David Wergelin, who was a brilliant historian. They had amazing footage and it just reel after reel just kept turning up, you know. Now, you mentioned Von Tripps. Are you talking about the race car driver Wolfgang Von Tripps? Yeah, they called him Taffy. Yeah. Now, he died at Monza in the early 60s, right? And, yeah. Yeah, he did. In fact, we have footage of his crash. Um, oh, yeah. Very sad. I mean, the, the, the other, the other, you know, the, the big thing, and we'll talk more about the film is that, you know, when we look back at it and we do the big roundup at the end, that, that those guys were all, had all passed, you know, they were all right. gone. Right. And I find that just so sad in such a short period of time, too. Oh, I know. It, it was tragic. I mean, just every weekend was tragedy. And I guess in a way that was part of the allure of racing at the time is people just never knew what was going to happen. But I can't imagine being 
a driver back then. You look at drivers now that crash at incredible mm. speeds and they just jump out of the car and, and go, oh, well. That was the whole thing. Any given Sunday, that's what Portago said. I mean, any given Sunday, yes. you think maybe I won't go and then you get in the car, you know, and I, it was something very poignant that they one of them said was that you're not, it's not so much that you're afraid of the mistake that you might make. You're afraid of the mistake that somebody else might make. Yes, exactly. Because they can take you, you know? Oh, yeah. Huh. Incredible. Well, let's go back in time. You shared a little tidbit of your father introducing you to racing back when you were young. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your personal passion with cars. And it may be that pivotal moment and you knew that you too were going to be a car gal. <laughs> Well, my dad loved classic cars and he had an AC, an old AC, and he used to love to take it to these kind of car shows and do the Concours d'Elegance. And so at kind of nine or 10, I would be in the kitchen polishing chrome bumpers and headlights when my friends were out playing. Mm -hmm. I just loved the the cars. I loved the smell of the leather, the, the walnut dash, all that. You know, I just loved it. I sort of gravitated a little when I became a later teenager into boys with motorbikes. Uh-oh. But initially <laughs> I was... Oh, yeah. But initially I was, you know, I, I just loved the whole classic car thing. My grandmother had an Alvis Open Tourer and I just loved the glamour of them. Um, I just thought they were just beautiful. And that's the great thing about our film, that the cars of this period, the racing cars of this period were just absolutely gorgeous. They were just so beautiful. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, and you can see now the values of these cars at this point in time in the collector car market is astronomical, especially the Ferrari marks, of course. But uh they were just beautiful designs. I mean, on, on top of the race cars nowadays, when you look at them, they're they're so technical and they're kind of just so too much almost to look at. Those cars were so simple, so elegant and wonderful. And a lot of them were street cars, too, that people, you know, modified and raced. So very, yeah, yeah. very cool. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a challenge or a failure. You've opted to go into career paths that oh my goodness, are challenging to say the least. I mean, there's so many complexities involved when you talk about producing records, music, and and now film and all the little intricacies involved. So I'd love for you to share one of these big challenges you face. Kind of walk us through it a little bit and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you grew and learned from that. Oh, literally every movie's been a big challenge. There isn't one that hasn't been a big challenge. Well, let's talk, let's focus on for this movie, Ferrari, because you know, this audience is car fanatics, and, and I know that the complexities you mentioned, finding footage is, number one, a problem. But then how do you piece it all together and put some of the magic that you put into the film? That had to be a challenge for sure. Okay, so we locked out on a, a number of occasions, firstly with the footage, and the director and I worked very closely, you know, side by side throughout the whole process. Mm -hmm. And we were lucky enough to find... um to, I, we had been to Goodwood when we first started the process. We'd been to Goodwood uh, to the revival there because I knew that all the period cars that I was going to need were there. Mm -hmm. And we were very lucky in that we met a guy called Steve Tillack. Who oh, is yes. Yeah. I will be listening, uh -huh. who is a wonderful guy and uh, is actually, I think, in London next week. But anyway, Steve Tillack happened to have two of the Ferraris that we needed. He had the Lancia D50 and the Dino. And they had been constructed from whatever bits could be found in the factory and, and beautifully, you know, reconstructed. I wouldn't call them replicas per se, but, you know, they were as close as we were going to find to the original cars because, you know, Ferrari destroyed a lot of them. Once we found those two cars, again, that was a 
the golden nugget because uh, the director, Daryl, and I spent the whole time thinking, I'd always said that one of the keys to the success of the film was to put the audience behind the wheel of the car and let them know what it was going to feel like to be in one of these cars. So we always wanted to shoot with onboards in an, you know, in one of the actual cars. And so to find two of them enabled us to shoot. We shot at two different racetracks in England. We shot at Brands Hatch and Cadwell Park. And Cadwell Park is where Ron Howard made uh, some of Rush. So we shot the two Ferraris with a Russian arm truck, and some of your some of your listeners will know what that is, and shot the two Ferraris on board and shot them from the outside and had multiple onboard cameras. And then we graded that footage to enable us to intercut it with the footage of Reem, ah. which was in pristine condition. So when you have that big opening sequence and suddenly you're in the car, that was Steve Tillack's cars. Really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's, so we actually, that's modern footage that we shot in 4K, but we graded it beautifully and, and, and tinted it to make it match perfectly with the Ream footage you know, so that it's totally it, seamless. Yeah, I'll let our listeners know that haven't had the joy of watching this film. I mean, just I, I'm getting a little bit of goosebumps here. Of course, I'm a car fanatic, so that happens when we talk about cars and racing. But <laughs> I tell you, I'm going to go back and watch the film yet again and yes. really pay attention there because – the way you did it, you wouldn't know. And now that I know, of course, I'll go, oh, yeah, of course. But you wouldn't know. You, you you did a masterful job. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, of course, there was no one board to speak of there. I mean, there's some famous footage of Mike Hawthorne going around the mall in black and white. Right. Um, you know, but that's, it's not, you know, it's not going to give you that experience. Um, so none of those onboard cameras, um, you know, they, they didn't exist, of course, then. So, so we had to seamlessly recreate it. The other little nugget of information that you will love is that all that footage in the film was mute. Ah. There was no sound. Okay. So we had to get recordings of every single period engine in a race and create the sound bed, which is amazing, by the way, in a cinema, but we had to create the sound bed of all of those cars. So not just the Ferraris, but the Mercs and the Van Walls, I mean, all of them. And every engine had to be correct. Wow. The sound took an incredible amount of time to create that sound for every race that you're seeing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, because even when you go back and look at a film that was made like Steve McQueen's Le Mans, when you look at the the footage of how they shot that, they have these huge cameras mattered on the front and backs of these race cars. I mean, giant yeah. cameras. They didn't have GoPros at all. Nope. So, wow. Well, that there's a little yeah tidbit of uh, masterful work there. I can't even imagine doing that. So you had to have had some some experts in there to go, well, no, that shift point or that wouldn't have yeah, happened we, in that corner. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Or it's a V12, not a V8. And even right. I got to know what the, what the, all the engine sounds were. Wow. And then we, when we, then we went back to the Goodwood revival a year later and did a lot of 5.1 recordings of the period races of the right years mm-hmm. Because they have uh, races at Goodwood with all the different cars and the different eras. So, like, when you have the start, for example, when they're all revving and you have them all taking off, that's actual sound from a period race with all the correct engines. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, yeah, talk about a challenge. I can't even begin to imagine where do you start with something like that. But obviously, with a lot of experts, a lot of help and a lot of support and a, a whole lot of work. So, Wow. Well, that is really cool. The the magic of filmmaking. Fantastic. Well, 
Let's shift gears, as I say here, and go to the other end of the spectrum. Talk about a career aha moment, or maybe during the film, a big aha moment. I like to say it's a a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way down a, a new path or a different direction, one that you maybe didn't see. Tell us about one of yours. An aha moment. Um, I think for me, the aha moment was when um, I was planning to make this as a big feature. And then I learned that Michael Mann was planning a feature at exactly the same time. And I had an aha moment of I met with Michael Mann and then I thought, well, I'll make a documentary while he's making his feature because then we can we can kind of come out and get get some of the chutzpah of his movie and his movie didn't happen and this one did. Yeah, I was going to say, what movie are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't know about it. So yeah, he's been he he announced that he was making a big movie about the Ferrari, the same kind of period, okay. more about Enzo than our our movie's always been about the drivers. Mm-hmm. So that didn't happen, and now so now well, I'll tell you at the end what we're planning, which is very exciting. So. Very cool. Wow. Well, that is neat. Well, I'm so happy that. Your film came to fruition. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about maybe your first personal fun car, the first car you got that really had meaning for you in your life. What was that? It was a Mini. Oh, of course. Yes. Well, British. Very British. Yep. It cost 600 pounds and it was a Mini. (laughs) I bought my daughter a Mini when she was a teenager. Uh, Of course, the modern Minis here. But uh, I have a great listener and a sponsor here on Cars Yeah. Uh, Chris Kimball, and uh, he's smiling right now. He listens to every show, and he's got roots back in the UK, so he's going to love having yeah, you on the well, show. But yeah, yeah he drives a Mini Cooper, and he's about he's like six foot five. I don't know how he even fits into the thing. It's funny. Yeah, what what was it about that Mini that was so special for you? It was a Mini. It just that it was I, a Mini, huh? <laughs> it was a Mini, and they're the cutest cars. I, I mean, they just have personality and. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was an it was an old mini, and uh, it had a very um, a very fun registration, and that's why I wish I still have have it because I gave it to my mother, and she sold it for scrap and didn't realize that the registration number was more valuable. Oh yeah, well that's right. In the UK, yeah, those are very valuable. So you know, the minis are so cool, the old minis. And I had a friend in college who had one, and I had never been in one. This was back in the seventies. And he took me for a drive on a very windy, hilly road in La Jolla, California. And I couldn't believe how that car could go around corners. It just blew me away. Oh, yeah. It could shift. Yeah. It, the handling was great on it. I loved it. Yeah. I used to scoot about in that thing. I'll bet. I'll bet. What fun. Well, is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you have a little seller's remorse about? Yeah, that one. That one. Reg- <laughs> yeah. Because it had the registration NUN69. Ah, Okay. There you go. My mother sold it for scrap with that registration, which was insane. That would have been worth so much money. I know. You know, it's really interesting because here in the States, you don't see that. But I see that all the time in my UK magazines of these big listings. For And first time I saw it, I went, what the heck is this? What are they What are they selling? License plates or something? It's so weird. So, yeah, fun stuff, fun stuff. Well, I know the film's done. And the day we're recording this, the film is actually released. It's out there. The day of recording here is July 25th. Of course, the air date is going to be later in August. But by now, plenty of people have seen the film and enjoyed it. But for you listeners who haven't, you've got to get your hands on the film. But what are you working on these days that has you excited and fired up that you can talk about? Um, I'm doing a movie about Marianne Faithful, um, the singer in the 1960s. She very famously had a very long uh, relationship with Mick Jagger um, at the height of, you know, the 60s, 1960s Soho, 
You know, you've got Hendrix, you've got the Stones. Um, the music was absolutely incredible. She had an amazing journey. Um, and we're very excited about that. That's going to be a feature. I'm part of a documentary with Julian Temple, um, who's a very, uh, a, a quite brilliant, actually, British filmmaker. Um, again, a big music background. We're doing a documentary about a famous club called the Marquee Club. I'm doing another big feature, which is the one I mentioned, which I can't share with you. Um, and the most exciting thing is that we're going to be making the feature of the Ferrari film. We're going back to now the idea of making the feature. We have a, a very, very big A-list director um, who has absolutely huge box office this week. Wow. And uh, so we're going back to the idea of making that. But we, you know, everybody keep quiet about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't say a word. All of you listeners, keep your mouth shut. But keep that, keep that quiet. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, keep that under your Ferrari cap. But, uh, well, how exciting. I think it's pretty cool. You've, you're producing some films, working on some films now that go back to your music roots, which is pretty exciting for you, I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic to be actually working with Marianne. She's an, an incredibly iconic character. Um, it's amazing to be working on her story. I mean, there's a huge responsibility um, when you're making a film about, about uh, you know, real people. I mean, the same with the documentary, you yes. know, same thing. That, you know, I felt I've, I've, I'm very, very close to Louise Collins, a Peter Collins widow, and felt a huge responsibility um, you know, for all of the drivers and for of the, you know, for the girlfriends and the wives that are that are still living, mm-hmm. it was a massive responsibility actually to tell the story in a way that was uh, told the right story and was respectful to all of them as yes. well as to the yes. to the drivers. You know? I love the way you lace those little conversations, interviews into the film of the people that are still with us that were involved with those drivers, and you could see the. Was, some of them, it was very matter of fact because they lived that time and they've had plenty of time now to mourn and grieve, but still those feelings dwell up and, and the joys and the sorrows and the sadness and, uh, tears in the eyes. So it really, really nicely done. Oh my God. So emotional and showing it the movie to Louise Collins oh, gosh. for the first time was. I mean, it was just so emotional to, you know, for her. Can you imagine watching all that? To relive footage? it. Yeah. yeah, to relive it, footage she hadn't seen for years, footage she'd never seen before. I mean, it must have been completely overwhelming. I, I, completely yeah, overwhelming. Yeah, so. I, I can't imagine. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Julia. If you were manifested into an automobile, what would you be and why? <laughs> I would be an Austin Healey Sprite because it's small and very fast. <laughs> well, and it's very fun. And I'll tell you, having talked with you, Julia, and uh, when you sent over your photos and things, I went, this lady has a spark about her. There is just <laughs> something in your face, that fiery red hair. And I mean, it's just, yeah, uh, I can see that for sure. Yeah, a Sprite. What a fun little car. I mean, they're just a little joy to look at. It's, it's akin to the Mini or the, what's the other car I'm thinking of here? The, um, well, the Bug Eye Sprite. Just fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just a fun yeah. little car. So very nice. <laughs> very nice. Well, Julia, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 
All Covercraft seat covers are easy on, easy off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Julia, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't drive too fast. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Oh, man, after, after this film, yeah, be very careful out there. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? Yeah, I, I meditate every day um, for at least half an hour. And I, the film business is very, very pressured. And I don't think I would have a hope in hell of making it through unless I had some kind of escape. And walking in the countryside and, and just taking time out for yourself is very important in your day, no matter how much pressured it is. Try and find 15 minutes to do something that you love just for yourself. You know, that's great advice. I I've, I need to talk to somebody and learn how to meditate. I have tried and tried. I can't get my brain to calm down. Uh, there must be some secret to it. But I know that when I first got on the phone with Julia today, she said, well, you might hear some sheep in the background. I'm out in the countryside right now. Um, so there's some nice yeah, peaceful. Yeah, walking in the country. I try to take my neighbor's dog, Warden, for a walk every day to kind of get away. My walks with Warden, I call him. He li- he's a good listener. I talk to him all okay. the time. So kind of like Enzo in the art of racing in the rain. So yeah, dogs often are good listeners. Yes. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you found very helpful? Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, research-wise, we you know we have vast uh, resources that that differ, you know, from from film to film. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess from a filmmaking point of view, one of the good things to do if you're making a movie is to go onto Netflix or Amazon Prime and, and see what movies there are that are, share any similarities at all with what you're making and watch them. Ah. Because, you know, if you if they're bad movies and they've made mistakes, you can learn from those. And if they're great movies, you can learn from what they've done too. Right. So that would, that's my big resource. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, 
Who would that person be and why? It would be Peter Collins. Yeah, yeah. He was the most generous, beautiful, wonderful human being. Um, and everybody on the movie that worked on the movie fell in love with him. Mm, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We all, and not just the women, the men loved him too. We all loved him and uh, you fall in love with him. And I would love to have met him. And uh, that's the one person that I would want to sit down with. Wouldn't that be a joy? Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, your film helped me see him in a different light too, which I think was really fantastic, much more personal light. And he, he wasn't one of the flamboyant ones in racing like some of the other guys. Um, but he just seemed like he was just the, the pal you wanted to have as a friend, the guy you wanted to be around. Well, the fact that he gives up his car to Fangio, can you imagine well, that, that happening in modern day racing? Can I, you imagine that happening, no, giving his car away? That would never happen. No, just would, <laughs> would not happen. Uh, it was a different yeah. time back then. I mean, the guys all hung around together. They traveled together. Sometimes they yeah. bunked together and you just don't yes. see that anymore. It's just, just become too much of a big show. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wonderful times that would be. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy reading as well? Well, I think they would enjoy Mon Ami, Mate, if they could get hold of it in America by Chris Nixon, the book that the film is based on. But other books, uh, there's a book by Richard Williams called Enzo, uh, which, um, I, which is about Enzo Ferrari. Richard Williams is one of our contributors, absolutely brilliant writer. And I think um, that your listeners would really enjoy reading that book. Absolutely. It's real, yeah, it's a real revelation, yeah. some of it. Very cool. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Julia has shared at carsyad.com. Just type in Julia Taylor Stanley, and her page will pop up with all these very wonderful links. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Julia. And this last question, well, it can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. But here are the rules. You can't sell it to make a film. So that little <laughs> trick's off the table. You've got to keep it and you've got to drive it. There's no garage queens here at Cars Yeah. So what can I buy you today? An Aston Martin DB9, please. <laughs> of course, it's British. But uh, Aston Martin DB9, oh my goodness. Well, yeah, those are kind of cool. What is it about that car that you love so much? James Bond, honey. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I've always, I've always loved Aston Martins, and it is absolutely the most iconic, beautiful, classic, probably a dream to drive. I've never driven one, but I would love to drive one, and I will make a point of trying to drive one one day. But um, that's what I would love, and I would never want to sell it, even to make a movie. I would keep it. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, Julia, you have taken me on an awesome ride today, sharing this beautiful film about Ferrari and and how it was done. I mean, I think I could talk with you for hours. I've really enjoyed you coming on and sharing. I want to thank you for uh, sharing the movie and your journey with our listeners. Is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance that you might share before you drive off into the English countryside in that beautiful Aston Martin? (laughs) (laughs) Um, A piece of advice. Well, I think my advice is that, you know, if you really deep, like I said before, if you're deeply passionate about something and you really want to bring something to fruition, just keep going. And at the end of the day, you just have to trust that if it's meant to work out, you'll get it. My grandmother always said, if it's for you, it won't pass you by. Uh And that's my big piece of advice. (laughs) I love it. And again, this movie, Ferrari Race to Immortality, how can my listeners get their hands on this movie? Where do they go to see the movie? Uh, How do they enjoy this wonderful piece of filmmaking? I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) 
Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you're on to the next project. So I'm done with that, honey. So, I, I mean, I I think it's across all online platforms. Yes. I believe the DVD will be released. Um, I mean, that's a, oh my God, that's a great question. We managed to do that bit again because <laughs> uh, the distributors might have to, you know, let us know exactly where it, where it is. Well, I'll tell you, tell you what I'm going to do for my listeners because they're pretty savvy folks. I'm going to put some links on Julia's show notes page and the Cars Yeah website where you can go to find this film, to watch it, to purchase it, to buy it. Uh, absolutely. So you can get your hands on it because you know what? You're going to want to have this in your library. You're going to want to keep it. You're going to want to go back and watch it. That's what I'm doing. Uh, it is a piece of history that is so important and so fun and so incredible and so emotional. I mean, there's just, it just does everything that a film should do. So I'll make sure I have links, uh, to that. And of course, we're going to be Thank watching. You. You're welcome. And we're going to be watching what you're going to be doing next. So I want you to stay in touch with me, Julia, on these new films because they sound fantastic, even though they're not about cars or about music, which you're all passionate about. <laughs> uh, and that's my era, the Stones, of course. Yeah. Back to the sixties and seventies, which is very cool. So. We'll make sure that we follow up on that. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything Julia has been so kind to share on her Cars Yeah show notes page. So just type Julia in the search bar. That page will pop up with all these links. You've got to watch this film, Ferrari, Race to Immortality. It's absolutely spectacular. Julia, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise. You're such a joy to talk with. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you, too. So thank you so much, and hi to the listeners, and thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!